Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, a Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed, and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on April 27th, 2021. I'm Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communications and Marketing Department, and today we're talking about something that's been really highlighted during the pandemic, and that's how the elderly are treated, and unfortunately, how people take advantage of them, um, of their situation. Our guest today is Neela White, a portfolio manager with our firm who has personal experience as a caregiver in her family and has done a lot of research on this difficult subject. Welcome to the Advantage Investor, Neela. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. I hope you and your family are managing through Ontario's latest lockdown. We are. We're doing well and uh, two shots in and two more to go. Perfect. Um, That is really excellent to hear. Um, So let's just jump into it. I know it's a bit of a difficult discussion. Um, or can be, but it's a very important discussion today that that really needs to be had. Um, And so one of the things I noticed is um, during the pandemic, uh, especially early, a lot of of focus on long-term care homes and and that sort of thing, Um, and just sort of the situation in long-term care homes, whether it's the worker ratio or what type of living arrangements they are. We we heard a lot, uh, more than I had ever heard in my life uh, around this thing. However, as we've gone through this pandemic, um, not as much focus on this. And, and that's probably a bit because um, maybe the situation has been handled a bit better or is moving forward in that, in that case. But we are not speaking about it as much as we used to. So uh, maybe you can just touch on that. Sure. Um, I definitely agree. In 2020, um, it was sort of this, the shiny nickel. Uh, a lot of light was shone on the state of nursing homes. And obviously that was very um, accentuated by the military going into the homes and, and citing forms of abuse and neglect and stuff. And, you know, I think what also ended up happening was because onset, 80% of the deaths were happening in nursing homes. You know, there, there was an awful lot of publicity. We're hearing about it daily. We're he- hearing about the plight of the elderly. Um, now that nursing homes were priority for getting vaccines, the death rate in nursing homes have decreased. And as a result, I, I feel that the light has faded. We're certainly hearing much less about um, what's happening in nursing homes, what's the current update in um, just in funding in the uh, PSW to resident ratio and all sorts of things like that. Yes. Okay. So I guess at the end of the day, um, and that expression, I probably say too much, but the situation still needs improvement. We Absolutely. have not, nothing got fixed or, or maybe some, some minor things got fixed, but there were some long-term structural things that need to be um, addressed, I believe in this area yes. um, for sure. So hopefully uh, we can, we can move forward in that uh, going forward. So as a result uh, of the pandemic, uh, do you feel financial abuse of seniors has increased? I know that we were getting all sorts of warnings. And of course, we've all got those phone calls about our SIN number and yes. they're about to take action on us and, and all that stuff. But it, specifically for the elderly, um, mm-hmm. do you feel financial abuse or have you heard that financial abuse has increased during this time? You know what? There are a lot of articles now being published about um, the risk that any form of abuse, including uh, financial abuse, which is one of the most common forms of abuse, um, is increased is having right now, it's increasing. Um, And I think unfortunately, as a result of the whole social isolation, it has put seniors, especially who naturally have a bit more isolation just because 
um, their peer group around them may not be as able to spend a lot of time with them. So it leaves them a lot of time on their own. So they are naturally isolated, let alone when family can't uh, come and visit, there's further isolation. And it, it presents a bit of a, a dichotomy between a relationship between a caregiver and a care recipient. And I think the isolation puts them at further risk. So I think there has been more financial abuse. Uh, I think what we might also see, you know, going forward is once government support does stop with adult children, what happens when that money's taken away and the kids are, the adult children are still in a bit of a financial right. pinch and go to the parents who need that money um, for financial support. I mean, we, we do hear about stories of, you know, uh, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever it is, you know, yes, I will buy your groceries for you if you, you know, pay next month's mortgage. Mm. Um, yes, I will take you to the grocery store if you do this. So, you know, there is this um, discrepancy in relationship being presented. Yeah. Now, I know from a personal side of things, my grandmother before, I mean, she's passed now, but before she moved to a long-term care home, they had a there was someone who would help her with cleaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by the end, that bill had gone from a few hundred a month to 600 a month. And I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. you know, that, I guess it can happen. So sort of slowly where you just, yeah. you, you know, and, and I'm not saying this person did anything wrong or anything like that. Frankly, we weren't there. We don't know, but it seemed like she wasn't earning the money that uh, <laughs> was being paid on a monthly basis. So it's almost easy to, uh, it's very easy to hide some of this stuff uh, in plain sight a lot of times. Absolutely. It's simple things like uh, going to the grocery and adding $50 onto the bill and and pocketing that $50 or, you know, in your instance, as you're describing, suddenly something going from two, $300 to $600 without sort of an accountability of how this money's being spent. And I think the problem ends up being, I think the number is something like 40% of seniors who are being financially abused don't even know it's happening, which means, you know, there is a total abuse going on of of possible um, powers of attorneys, um, you know, people who have joint bank accounts and stuff. So I think it's really up to, you know, everyone to maintain that contact so you get a better sense of is something going on? Does the behavior change? Um, Does the conversation flow change? You know, suddenly, are they not available to speak yet they always were? You know, again, the isolation. Right them from their family, friends, and community, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess too, if you have, you know, if there's multiple siblings and one does all the legwork, right? Mm -hmm. You, you put yourself in a potentially a situation where unfortunately a sibling can, can end up in this type of situation, which causes all sorts of other ramifications within a family, I imagine. Yeah. I think, I think when you are, um, you know, one of many siblings and stuff, I think it's really important to document what you're doing, document what you're spending, keep the receipts that way. If, you know, ever an accounting has to be done, here is my proof that I, um, I spent in the best interest of the care recipient. Makes total sense. Now, um, as I mentioned uh, in that personal story, our family did not, <laughs> you know, recognize uh, the financial situation that, that was happening with my grandmother tool to, um, until, you know, months down the line. Um, so I guess maybe do you have some tips on how to recognize, you know, either abuse or neglect or even financial abuse? Yeah, you know what, I, I would say, I think um, you'd want to look for with a person who potentially is being abused, just a total withdrawal from everything around them, or suddenly they, 
they become quite passive, um, things like missing personal belongings. So it doesn't have to just be, hey, I'm misusing the money. It could be um, taking of jewelry, uh, misusing property. Um, the Picasso is missing from the living room. You know, easily stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, maybe it is an idea for those who are still using, um, you know, sort of older school, but uh, updating their bank books, you know, are there un any unusual bank withdrawals? Um, where Where is the will and POA? Is there a sudden change to a power of attorney? Or does, you know, a new friend, you know, quote, unquote, come into the picture and suddenly the wills change? So I think it, it's really you have to stay um, in contact with the person that you think could be at risk, just to be able to notice what the change in behavior is. And we know that like money is a difficult subject, even for yes. sometimes spouses to talk about, never mind yes. parents and, and, and children. Um, but it's really important um, as you go through this um, that you have the ability to see what's going on in those finances, or at least have an open conversation in order mm -hmm. to help mm -hmm. figure this out, I would imagine. You know, or, or just the sort of thing, if you notice suddenly they're um, you know, they're losing weight or their hygiene is poor or they appear disheveled and you're thinking, well, wait a second, um, you know, we know there's enough money in the bank account. We know there's a certain amount of pension or whatever it is coming in. What can be explaining this sudden change? That makes sense. Now, so say I recognize this, whether my own family or a neighbor mm -hmm. or whatever, and I know people are always concerned about jumping into what's not their business. Um, our society yeah. is very yes. good at saying... Yes. We're polite. Yes. Yes. Mind yes. your own business. Yes. Um, but I also imagine, you know, if a neighbor was going through this and I noticed something and then something comes out, how, how, you know, horrendous I would feel on an individual uh, basis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what can I do or what can anyone else do there when they notice this? Um, I, I, and again, I get it from the point of, I don't want to call authorities and get someone arrested or into a system yeah. they don't yeah. want to be in. However, this is clearly happening on a large scale or a, enough of a scale that it's a concern. So what can you do? Mm -hmm. Well, you, you know, if you if you look at um, even simply just a police website, and it doesn't have to be, as you said, something as complex as, as I'm going to call 911 and get somebody arrested, but they have they've become much more um, all encompassing in, in areas that they're dealing with. So they've set up like an elder abuse hotline where you can call. Obviously, if there's blatant abuse where, you know, there's stuff you can see bruising, um, torn skin, stuff like that. Definitely, you know, that's, that's a 911 call. But for other things like okay. senior safety and stuff, there is a 1-800 number. Uh, the number is 1-866-299-1011. And you can call and certainly discuss the situation with um, the live counselor. It's, uh, the line is a hotline. So it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week all year round, you can certainly discuss the issue and get advice or guidance on how to deal with this. Hit the number again, Mila. The number is 1-866-299-1011. And that's the senior safety line. Perfect. Thank you. Now, um, as I mentioned off the top, you have experience uh, within your own family as a caregiver. Yes, your, your parents aged in place with private assistance. Um, now, from the beginning, was there anything you were worried about? Uh, because I imagine, you know, when people are um, in this situation, this mm -hmm. is, um, it's a position of trust, a private uh, assistant person. So the trust is there, but this also can cause uh, some of these 
abuses we talked about earlier. So was there anything you were concerned about? Yeah, I, I would have to be honest. I mean, it, it's a total change in the relationship of your household because now you have uh, a stranger that's going to basically be intimately connected with the care recipient. And in my case, it was my mom um, coming in and out of the house on her own with mom because obviously um, I was working, my husband's working, that there's no one to watch what's happening within the relationship. Um, so yes, there was concern. Uh, we did constantly monitor the situation and, and a little bit similar to you, um, you know, sometimes there was a story about um, their financial position and uh, how they can't afford basic necessities and my mom would feel badly and all of a mm. sudden, you know, my sister, so this is an example of keeping track of what's coming out of the bank account, my sister would uh, do withdrawals and it would be, Hey, where, where's this money going? Well, I thought yeah. it was going to you. Well, I thought it was going to you. Well, mm. no, if it's not going to us, where's it going? Um, so, you know, we had a bit of a situation like that, uh, as well as we also have to look for part of the, um, situation in the house it can also be emotional abuse or creating fear and anxiety, the sort of feeling of, you know, if you didn't have me, you know, mm. you would starve to death. Wow. You would be lying um, in your own excrement, that sort of thing. So it, it's varying aspects of, of definitely when you have somebody coming in your house, what you should be looking for, not just the financial abuse, but it could also be emotional abuse, simple neglect, um, you know, not toiling at a person when they're in distress. So again, creating an imbalance. And, and certainly there are lovely caregivers out there um, who are full of passion and empathy. Uh, you do have to, though, I think, keep a handle on the situation because somebody is vulnerable. And right. as soon as vulnerability is presented, I think it's all of our responsibility to check in and make sure everything's okay. So details are important. Absolutely. Details of what's going on, um, making sure you're aware. Don't be afraid to ask those questions, especially of family members um, and, and that sort of thing. And then um, I'll ask you for the number again in one, one second here. But, um, you know, this is about keeping society um, as a whole better and uh, keeping everybody safe within, you know, the constructs of our particular society. Um, so let's hit that number one more time. Okay. The senior safety line, the phone number is 1-866-299-1011. And again, it's 1-866-299-1011. And again, that's number that's, uh, manned by live counselors, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So if at all, there's any concern about um, what you're seeing and how you're interpreting it, reach out, they can provide guidance. Awesome. Now, Neil, I, I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts today. This is a difficult subject. And, and I think it's probably something people wish um, didn't happen, of course, but Absolutely. there's a lot of work to get rid of it. Um, and we all have to be aware. So thank you very much for, for that today. Oh, you're welcome. Um, the Advantage Investor is now on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So please subscribe and uh, if you want, rate the podcast. Obviously, there's shutdowns in various parts of the country. Um, some of our physical offices are open. Most are closed at this stage or a lot are closed at this stage, but everyone's virtual office is wide open. Please contact your advisor with any questions you have. They're always available and ready to answer your questions. And on behalf of Raymond James and the Advantage Investor Podcast, thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well.
This podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters. Securities related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian Investor Protection Fund.